whoever is listening, guys, welcome back. My name is Grayson Mann. This is the Man with the Plan podcast, episode 93. We are seven episodes away from episode 100. Super special stuff, guys. Today, I have a real treat for y'all. Joining me today is Ricky Sapp. For those who don't know, he's a five-star recruit, or was a five-star recruit out of Bamberg, South Carolina, tore it up at Clemson for four years, and was a part of that first era with Dabo Sweeney, which we will get into very shortly. And he's also the founder of the Ricky Sapp Foundation and Talk To Me Tuesdays, a podcast that'll make you want to run through a brick wall, inspiring, motivational, and he spent some time in the NFL on multiple teams like the Jets, the Texans, the Eagles, and formerly known as the Washington Redskins, which is now the Commanders. But Ricky, thank you for joining us. And now you are a Clemson strength coach. It's all coming full circle. We'll talk about all of that. Thank you, man, for joining the show. Man, thank you for having me. Man. I'm excited uh, to be here. And congrats, man. You're about seven episodes away from 100, I think. Mm-hmm. That's awesome, man. Congratulations, man. Yes, sir. So what I really wanted to get into and start with is I want to talk about your foundation and what that has meant to you. And where did this originally come from? What inspired this? Because when doing research for this, that's something that really just took me took me back. I was like, man, this is something that's really important. I wanted to get out in front of it immediately. So talk to us about what the Ricky Sapp Foundation is and tell our audience what it's meant to you. Well, I've, uh, I've always been someone who, who loved giving. So when I got drafted in 2010, uh, it made sense to start my own foundation. So I started my foundation, the Ricky Sapp Foundation, in 2010. Here's the thing. I didn't know that my my true purpose in life uh, was to work with kids. So years later, uh, I figured it out and I already had my foundation in place. So it, it all makes sense. So my foundation is geared towards helping kids. So I have uh, events throughout the whole year. Uh, starting in February, I have a celebrity uh, all-star basketball game. And uh, the money we make for that, we give back to the high school and we give half of that to the Little League Park Warner team um, in my hometown, Bamberg. We also have a football cheerleading camp where I have a, a Pro Bowl, an ex-NFL Pro Bowl cheerleader that comes and uh, she does uh, the cheerleading uh, part. I have ex-NFL guys that come and help with the camp, all free. Then I do a back to school event where I give out book bags to um, cities in Myrtle Beach and in uh, my hometown. Well, now this year, I gotta be Clemson, not Myrtle Beach. <laughs> so uh, also I do a Thanksgiving event where I give out turkeys and then Christmas, I dress up as an elf and I give out gifts to uh, to 10 families in Myrtle Beach in my hometown. So that's a little bit about uh, the Ricky Sapp Foundation. Man, that's awesome stuff. Like just giving back to the community. It feels like that's what it's all about, using that kind of platform. Super special stuff, man. Another thing that is really impressive, I was able to get to listen to it, was Talk To Me Tuesdays and just that kind of motivational podcast, especially if you're getting up early in the morning, if you need something to like get you pumped up in the day, Ricky Sapp is your guy. So talk to us about that. And did it kind of with like the Ricky Sapp Foundation, you kind of found a, a purpose within it. What came of that? Or is it just something that you started doing as a side thing going, man, this is actually really fun because those who don't know, I love doing this podcast stuff. And so I can definitely uh, relate to that energy that comes from the show. Man, it all kind of worked out together, man, uh, with my foundation and with my podcast. And, you know, I do motivation speaking as well. So the Talk To Me Tuesday podcast happened uh, three years ago when one of my classmates uh, called me up and was like, look, you know, I'm looking at your page and you do one of speaking. And she was like, you need to do a live on Facebook. So I started out doing a live on Facebook on Sunday and on Tuesday. Sunday was Encouragement Sunday. Tuesday was Talk To Me Tuesday. Well, eventually people kept telling me, you need to do a podcast, you need to do a podcast. I'm like, what? A podcast? So 
eventually I had to pick a day um, to do my podcast and Tuesday was my most popular day. So that's how the Talk To Me Tuesday podcast got started. I was doing it for three years and uh, I love it, man. I love it. Yeah, it's. It, I was listening to it this morning to kind of just like get into that mindset and that energy, and you started singing and stuff, and I was like, "Wow, this is great!" <laughs> I was like, "No fear, no fear from you." It was awesome. Oh no, none of that. <laughs> no. Uh, and something that we always want to ask our guests, regardless of what, whether we're talking to writers, we're talking to players, I want to ask how you got your start with football in general. Whether was there an influential figure in your life? Was it maybe a coach or a parent that said, "Hey, man"? you got something with this. You might want to stick with it and try to see where this goes. So how did you get your start with football and who in your life really pushed that forward? Man, I was young and I had an older cousin um, that, that played sports and my uncle, my, my mom's oldest brother played sports. And when I saw them playing, you know, that kind of got me into it. And once I got going, man, you know, I saw my friends playing and uh, I love how I felt when I played football. And uh, of course I had coaches and, and teachers that saw something in me that, I didn't see. I was just playing to have fun. So that's how I got started playing football. And uh, my my uncle and cousin um, got me started playing. Yeah. And I, as I've doing this research, you were basically the hometown hero of Bamberg. You were lighting it up. That's something that's <laughs> super just like go back to it and just be like, man, I dominated for sure. And you committed back to Clemson and you committed to Clemson back in 2006. And compared to now, it is a completely different world in terms of recruiting, how recruits are being brought over the entire culture of Clemson from 2006 to 2022. It's completely different. What are some of the differences that you've noticed and what was it like back then? Because it's honestly crazy to me. We're talking about NIL. Now we're talking about what these athletes can do as almost pros in this college football scenario. So back in 2006, what was it like for you being recruited to Clemson and looking back on it? What are some things you can take away from it? Man, I need some back pay. That's what I need. Uh, man, it's, it's totally different now. I, I think the number one thing that's different, of course, is the, the NIL, but uh, social media, man. You know, when we was getting recruited in 2006, we had no social media. The only thing we had was Rivals.com. So we would look at Rivals, you know, to see where we rank. So, you know, we didn't have social media, but we can tell people that we just visited a school. We got an offer of these cool videos these kids make now when they commit. So I think that's the biggest difference. Um, you know, back then when I was getting recruited, my coach, my high school coach was the guy that was, you know, uh, telling me, hey, this school just offered, this school just offered, you know, hey, we're going to visit this school. So um, it was definitely a, a dope experience. But now, man, I couldn't even imagine what it would be like if I was getting recruited now with, with, with social media. Yeah, it feels like I, I see on like these recruits on like Twitter and Instagram, they're getting all the pictures and stuff. Like it's such a cool like environment and experience. So what was it about Clemson that made you feel like you wanted it to become your second home? And obviously it's been super influential in your life. You're now back coaching. So what was it about Clemson that made it home for you? And talk us through how that, what, what, what convinced you, what swayed you to uh, choose the Tigers? Well, I'll tell you this, and, and I, feel like, I, feel like, I feel like I can say this now. When I was getting recruited, man, Clemson was not on my radar. Um, Florida State and Georgia was like my top two schools, and then LSU was top three schools. What ended up happening was uh, a guy before me at my high school got recruited by Clemson. He, he took me to a game when I was young, and I was like, man, this is it's a pretty, it's pretty cool environment. So when I started getting recruited by him, I came, you know, took a visit. And I was like, all right, you know, maybe I'll go back to Clemson again. And as I kept coming back, I just, I just started falling in love with it, man. So 
that's what happened with me and, and my whole Clemson experience, man. Um, you know, they they say it's something special in the hills. Uh, is definitely something special in those hills. So for me, um, I, I just kept coming back and I just fell in love with the, the whole uh, uh, environment, the whole campus. Yeah, the one thing that hasn't changed from 2006 to 2022 is that there's something in those hills, man. There's always something about Clemson. That's, that's <laughs> so your time at Clemson marks the, it, the introduction to Dabo Sweeney into the – he was on the staff as a wide receivers coach, and in 2008 he ended up taking over – full-time what were your first impressions about him and did you even expect that he would become what he is today two-time national championship consistently 10 win seasons every single season did you look at him and go ah, I don't know about this were you like there's something to this guy man you know um first I want to say he was the same guy he is now when he's receiver coach so um our junior year you know, me and CJ Spiller, Crescent, Butler, all those guys. Our junior year, when he was when he when he's, he was handpicked to take over, we the first thing that we thought was, all right, this is pretty cool because we know he's a high energy guy, we know he's personable, and we know he's all about family. So we wasn't surprised that he did what he did. Um, when our senior year came up, uh, one of the some of the conversations that we would have as seniors was like, man, you know, we wish that we could have more time with with, with Coach Sweeney. So we knew that um, he was a special guy. And when he started doing what he was doing, we weren't surprised because one of the things that uh, I could tell you is that people will run, run through a brick wall for him, which is what they'll do now for him. So we weren't surprised at all uh, what he has done for Clemson football. Yeah, and it's just the it, the only only time will tell how much more success he's going to have at Clemson, Just the uh, just to mention it. To those who aren't aware, the 2023 class at Clemson, it seems like Clemson's getting a recruit every other day. 11 recruits in the month of June. It's Clemson's not going anywhere, guys. Clemson's not going anywhere for sure. <laughs> so I do want to talk about your time in the NFL and what that experience was like, because I feel like that's so the, the only there's only so many people that can say, hey, I played professional football, even whether you played for 25 years like Tom Brady was going to play for 100 or you played for maybe two downs. So can you tell us what that experience is like going to the combine, getting drafted and having that experience that only few dream of, but only few really do? Because it's it's honestly insane. It's something that I've always wanted to like get that behind the scenes in a way. Man, it was a, well, first it, it was definitely a blessing, uh, a dream come true, you know, a childhood dream. So it was amazing starting with the whole process of the combine you know, training for the combine and seeing other guys from other schools and then getting to the actual NFL combine, uh, man, you talking about, uh, you talking about an amazing opportunity because you saw so many other guys from other schools and, you know, the whole experience with the combine, man, you had to meet with different coaches and uh, different teams throughout the process that you had to do the whole doctor process with getting poked and pulled by 32 uh, NFL team doctors. So, that whole experience was, was, was uh, it was cool, but it was also a job interview. And then getting drafted, uh, that was amazing because my mom, you know, and my, you know, my parents, to see my mom cry and to receive that phone call from the Eagles, um, that was definitely a special moment for me. And then playing in the NFL, man, you know, playing on Sunday, Sundays, playing against guys like Tom Brady and, and, and Peyton Manning was, 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 was definitely amazing. And uh, to be able to still have those relationships today from playing the NFL, it's just a, you know, it's, it's just a whole um, amazing experience. 
Yeah, it comes full circle for sure. I mean, I couldn't honestly, I feel like if I was in your shoes, man, and I saw Peyton Manning on the other side of the field, I'd be like, oh, here we go. <laughs> it's yeah, certainly, yeah, yeah. certainly be something. So I, I love having these kinds of interviews because I feel like it can draw certain certain different different types of people, whether you're just watching to watch, whether you're an athlete, whether you're this, whether you're that. But I do want to dive into any potential athlete that's watching this right now. Maybe they're trying to figure out where they're going to go to school. Maybe they're prepping for the NFL stuff like that, what kind of advice would you give to them at any level, honestly? Because I think like what you're doing with your foundation, what you're doing with your podcast, you have, you're full of wisdom, you're full of this exciting energy. So what kind of advice would you give to any potential athlete that's watching this? Well, the first thing I, I would tell them is to make sure that they got a strong circle because, uh, you know, the people you hang around is who you will become. So you want to make sure you want to make sure you becoming uh, a winner and not a loser. And that's just, I can put that's, that's the simplest way I can put it in. I always tell kids that, you know, make sure you're around people that's trying to win and, and, and being successful. The next thing I would tell a young athlete is make sure that um, you don't sacrifice uh, what you want long-term for what you want now. And what I mean by that is so many of these colleges are, are you know, offering these kids things uh, for short-time success. You like, and you know, I got, you know, I, I got to brag on Clemson. When you, when, you, when you talk about Clemson recruiting, it's three things that I always tell parents that you will get at Clemson, that your kid will get at Clemson. The first thing is you're gonna get love slash tough love, energy and attention. And I feel like that's three things that every human being needs, but especially a kid. So, you know, my advice to, to, to a young athlete is, is to make sure that when you're looking at these schools that they represent what you wanna do long-term. Are they going to help develop you into uh, the man you want to be? So mm -hmm. that's what be the advice that I would give a young athlete. Yeah, for sure. Especially with all this stuff going on with the NIL, there's a lot of this stuff that focuses on the now and the what you can earn here, what I can give you now. So that's a really fantastic answer. Thinking long term, thinking about the future, like what you're with you're doing right now. You you definitely, I would say, winning, Coach Sap for sure. Um, let's talk about your time as a motivational speaker and what that part of your life has meant to you because. Honestly, I love a good motivational speech. I love being able to be like, hey, I can run through a brick wall for this guy. Did you pick it up from somebody? Did somebody say, hey, man, you got a real talent for this? Walk us through that. Man, I took speech classes when I was young. I stuttered. My friends used to clown on me because of the way I talked. I got to Clemson University, and I had to take public speaking, and I hated it. After that, I got asked to speak to a high school by the name of North Murray Beach High School. And uh, that's my first time ever doing uh, a, motivational, uh, a motivational talk. I did that. And then uh, after that, I was like, man, that was kind of cool. So then I started listening to guys like Eric Thomas, you know, Ray Lewis and all those guys. And I was like, man, you know, I would say this, I would do this different. Well, eventually, you know that, you know, what you think consistently would eventually happen. So I was standing in the gym one day and this lady that I knew, she came up to me and she said, hey, we lost our speaker. Would you want to do, a, uh, would you want to step in? I'm like, I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a speaker. I'm not a motivational speaker. So I did it. After that, it just took off. And I, became, and I started speaking like three and four times a month, getting asked to speak everywhere. So that's kind of how it, it, it all started for me. And I never, ever imagined myself being a motivational speaker, but now here I am. That's all I want to do. I want to speak and travel the world. And I, and I want to become the number one speaker in the world for kids. That's fantastic, man. Any upcoming events that you want to share with the audience, potentially get somebody saying, hey, if you're in the area, I'll be speaking there. 
who else? I don't have any upcoming events as of now, but if you need a speaker, reach out to me. <laughs> All right, guys. You, you need a speaker. Ricky Sapp's your man for sure. Yes, for sure. So I do want to, something that we've touched on is how the world of college football, since you've been playing and to now, how it's been changing. What would you say is most important to these collegiate athletes' success today? Do you think it's something that we've lost or do you think it's something that is still being taught within these programs? What's something that you would say is the most important to athlete success today? I think it's all about the culture and family. The one thing that Coach Winnie did when he took over was he made sure that we knew that it wasn't going to be just Clemson University and then Clemson football. It was going to be Clemson University as a family. So a lot of you guys probably noticed, but when he, when he got the job, he invited the band to practice. Then he invited the students to practice. You know, he wanted us to know that it was a, a family environment. So for me, the thing that I the, the thing that I think that um, I was successful because of the whole family environment and how Coach Sweeney is big on bringing back the guys, um, having that outreach program to reach out to the guys that played for him. So I think that's important. And like I said earlier, you 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 don't want to sacrifice uh, something short term for long term. You know, now at Clemson, man, it's a it's a big family, man. Um, Coach Sweeney has a, uh, an alumni weekend with all the guys that played for him comes back. And I think that's so important because you know in life it's not about it's all it's not always about what you know, but it's about who you know. And we have this whole big family, man, that help each other. And I think that is what will help these young athletes be successful. Is going to a program where they're not going to just use you for four years and then kick you out. No, we go use, we go keep you part of this family and help you if you need help to be successful. Yeah, something about what Clemson's doing and the stuff like you mentioned, alumni weekends, bringing everybody back. And it always feels like there's not anybody that like, for example, Taj Boyd or CJ Spiller and you, for example, yeah. they might have gone and done their own thing. But CJ Spiller, running back coach now, Taj Boyd, part of that coaching staff, you now a part of that coaching staff, guys coming back into that circle. Even if it isn't coaching, I always see or read something of a former Clemson player just involved, especially in this Dabo Sweeney era for sure. And now that you're a part of the Clemson coaching staff, what most excites you about this, this opportunity? I, I see your Twitter, you're dancing in the weight room, you're getting people fired up. How does this, how do you feel about this opportunity? And it almost feels full circle for you in a way. Yeah, man, it's amazing, man. It's amazing to be able to work with these big, huge college athletes. <laughs> but, um, it's fun, man, to, to be in the weight room and to learn from guys that coached me when I was at Clemson, you know, uh, coach Basson and, Coach Greenlee, Coach Dennis Love, all those guys were my scrim coach when I was at uh, Clemson. And of course, Coach Sweeney coached me when I was at Clemson. So, man, to be on this side of it, it's, uh, it's different. But I'm also learning, you know, uh, uh, so much. So I'm excited, man. And, you know, I'm anxious about getting into the season and, you know, getting these guys hype and, and dancing. <laughs> 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 so I'm excited about the opportunity, man. I really am. That's exciting stuff. So we're going to wrap up the show with some rapid fire questions, some fun stuff before we uh, get going. Guy, I really want to know, Ricky, is there a play or a moment from when you've been in your football career that you just, it's, it has stuck with you? Maybe an all-time play. Maybe it was something that you called out. Maybe you had a play that you had drawn up for you. What are something or some memories that you had for plays and specific instances? Man, my first, my first play um, in Death Valley, 
um, seeing my mom and my dad and my brother stand up uh, on my first play, that was that was probably the most memorable play that I ever have. That's great. Uh, the toughest team that you faced in your career, whether that be high school, whether that be an in-state rival, whether that was college, maybe South Carolina or the NFL, there was a certain team you're like, man, I just, ooh, tough one. The game cost was never a tough opponent. <laughs> That's the right answer. Never a tough opponent. Uh, man, in college, uh, Virginia Tech was was tough when, when I was there. Virginia Tech was tough. That was always a tough team. NFL, a tough team was always the mighty New England Patriots and then uh, the Pittsburgh. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, the Steelers back in the early 2010s were something for sure. I suppose the Patriots. And always physical, mm-hmm. physical, mm-hmm. yeah, physical. For sure. Do you have a favorite player? Maybe that was, and it applies the same thing, high school, college, NFL, that you've played alongside. Maybe it was a someone that you've played against that you just keep looking back on. You're like, man, I can't believe that happened. Or maybe it was a relationship that you formed. You know, I really hate to say this, and I hope that he never, ever hears this. And I hope that nobody listens to this podcast tells him this. Anybody <laughs> listening to this podcast, do not tell this guy this. Don't tell him. C.J. Spiller is one of the my all-time favorite players I've ever played with. Uh, he really is, man. Just, just to see the things that he would do in practice and in the games and then the kind of person he is. Uh, he's one of my all-time favorite players. And then, you know, some of the guys that I played with in the NFL, like, um, you know, Bart Scott, Kevin, Kevin Pace, uh, Dewan Landry, Josh Bush. Uh, when I got in the league, man, Michael Vick was on the Eagles team. So I played with a, a, a lot of great talent, man. Man, I, just- I won't. I'll keep it. I'll keep it to myself. But CJ, if, you, if you're listening beforehand, you might want to come on the show for an interview. <laughs> uh, I do sure. have to ask, now that, you, now that you bring it up, how fast truly was Michael Vick? Was it just like something you – it's something out of a video game? Like, Man, so when I got drafted in 2010, you know, he had just got to the Eagles. I remember as the rookies, we was, we was at practice, and Michael Vick was taking some snaps um, doing a team session. We were starstruck. We was like, dude, that's Michael Vick. <laughs> and he took the snap, and he took off. He zigzagged this way, that way, and took off. I was like, yeah, that's, that's, that's Michael Vick. He was still Michael Vick then, so it's – his speed was uh, unbelievable, man. Yeah. Career revival with the Eagles. Made back to, made back to the playoffs for sure. So, our yeah. final question for today. It's going to be, I know you're going to enjoy this one. Clemson will win the 2022-2023 National Championship, and why? Because Coach Sweeney still has the culture um, where it was when he won the last two. He's still building on. He has an incredible, st- he has incredible staff. Um, we have the best fans in the world. And right now, what we're doing with the summer, how we train the guys and how everything's coming into play, uh, Clemson will get back to the top of the mountain this year. Mark my words. Boom. Mark it for sure. All right, guys. That was our podcast interview with former Clemson defensive end linebacker Ricky Sapp, now a coach, a part of this new Clemson coaching staff. It's a new era, and Clemson is back. Uh, Ricky, thank you so much. Is there anything you want to add before we uh, wrap this up? Man, I want to say I want to say thank you, man. I think this is an amazing podcast that you have going on, and man, I think that you're going to be really successful with this. Continue to be successful with this, man. So awesome job, what you're doing, man. Hey, I appreciate it. Thank you. So I, I love the uh, the endorsement for sure. So if you guys are listening, uh, 
I got the, the Talk To Me Tuesday host endorsing the Man With The Plan podcast. But that was episode 93, our interview with Ricky Sapp, a Clemson legend for sure. Guys, thank you so much. Subscribe to our YouTube channel where you can see this interview, see our energy, see our emotes. Or if you're driving or going to work, you can listen to it on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much, guys. As always, have a fantastic weekend. Enjoy the interview and take care. Mm-hmm.